Hey friends, December is here. Christmas is here. What do you want this year? I bet it's peace. Peace in your relationships and holiday gatherings. Who doesn't want that? Well, the greatest gift we could get would be to feel loved and extended grace for who we really are. I mean, loving grace is the very gift that God is inviting us to enwrap this season. And loving grace is the very gift that we can give to others this year. Hey, I'm Jennifer. I'm here to help you feel satisfied in your closest relationships, starting with a relationship with God and yourself. I know what it's like to endure the holidays without much peace, and I know what it's like to struggle to feel fully known or deeply loved. This is the Honest Ugly Podcast, where you will find grace and freedom to not just survive this holiday season, but to thrive as you accept God's invitation to friendship and intimacy with Him, simply by being honest. Pull on your apron. (laughs) Totally kidding. I don't need an apron to pour a muffin mix out of the box. But grab your hot drink. I'm going to have hot chocolate with marshmallows. What are you going to have? We have time to chat while these muffins bake. Hey guys, I just left a basketball game. And if you've ever been to a basketball game, you know that it is high energy. It's loud. It can be chaotic. And if you're one of those highly sensitive people that pick up on other people's vibrations and energies and emotions. If that sounds weird to you, just realize that everything in our universe is made of energy. That's beside the point. It's high energy. And if I hadn't learned to stay in this place of inner peace, I would be a nervous wreck right now. Now I know, okay, I'm a, I'm a sports mom. I am a football mom. I'm a baseball mom. And apparently this year for the first time, I am a basketball mom. Now I played basketball and I would much rather play basketball than watch basketball. Although I do enjoy watching, but as crazy and gung ho and all in as football moms are, the basketball moms are a whole different kind of special. Now, I don't mean that in any kind of way at all. It's just that I think a lot of times people haven't realized how they feed off of one another's energy. I mean, it is hard to keep your inner peace when you're surrounded by so much intense energy. But that's not what we're talking about today. So if you're a basketball mom, no, I love you. Just know that you can stay at a place of inner peace no matter how chaotic the game gets, no matter how chaotic the gym gets. And maybe I'll do an episode on that. I don't know. But today we're talking about a white Christmas and the magic of Christmas that's inside of you. Ever since I was a little girl, I've loved Christmas. I love the twinkly lights. I love just the atmosphere that Christmas creates for me. I asked a friend the other day if they loved Christmas. And they said the reason for the season, or I think they were asking, do, what do they love about Jesus being the reason for the season or the commercialized Christmas? And my response was, look, you know I love Jesus. I'm just asking, do you love Christmas? Do you love the twi- twinkly lights? Do you love the music? Do you like what is it about Christmas? What is Christmas for you? That magicalness, is it even magical for you? So today, I just want to talk about that, the expectations we have of Christmas and the idea that we have surrounding Christmas. As a little girl, I knew I would never have a white Christmas. I live in Texas, and we didn't have white Christmases. But when you would hear that song, now, of course, Michael Buble or the jazzed up version by Lauren Daigle is preferred over Jennifer's version. But I love, I love white Christmas. And 
I would just, I guess my point of that is that we have this idea of the emotions that something is going to give us. Now, I don't expect me to ever have a white Christmas right here where I live, but it's almost like that song put in me this idea that Christmas might be more magical, that Christmas might be a little more dreamy, a little more romanticized, a little more just emotions stirred to something beautiful if perhaps I looked outside on Christmas morning and a blanket of beautiful snow covered the ground. Do you feel that? Do you do you sense that what I'm saying or is there some other kind of idea in your life that you think, okay, I'm not expecting this, but I feel maybe shortchanged because I don't have it because this is my idea of what something should appear or should look like, should show up as, whether it's relationships with friends, whether it's a marital relationship, whether it's your expectations of a church, whether it's your expectations, maybe even just the book you read or a dessert you order, whatever it is, it's almost like you're not really disappointed because you didn't have an exact expectation, but you know that if it showed up in a certain way, then maybe it would be more magical. I'm not sure that makes sense to you. It makes sense to me in my own head, but my own head is a playground of a million different kind of ideas that often have a hard time coming out in a strung together, make sensible version. But today, really, we're talking about the magic of Christmas being inside of you and that the honest, ugly truth is, is that we we don't really believe. And no, I'm not just talking about Santa. I'm just talking about we don't believe maybe in the goodness and magical, emotional beauty of things. Maybe we've lost our childlike faith. Maybe we've not cultivated the art of finding beauty in the simplest of details. Now, I know it's not going to snow, or I don't expect it to snow ever on Christmas morning if I always live here, but I can expect beauty in other ways. And what I found is, If I start looking for the ways that moments can be magical, and I don't even mean magical like I don't even know what some people consider magical. I just mean it breathes life into your soul and it makes you feel like this moment is a moment worth sitting in. This moment, I hope, is repeated. This moment makes me feel whole and loved. And this moment makes me want to see more beauty and create more beauty for others and to invite people into that beauty. And it, I'm reminded right now of Mary in God's Word. It says she she pondered all these things in her heart. So when I say magical, that's what I mean. Like, is there Things that feel so magical that all you can do is ponder them in your heart because the goodness of it is so overwhelming. And I think sometimes when we have these expectations that are unmet, we miss the ability of seeing the magical moments right in our hands because we wish it looked a lot different. Just recently, I noticed some magical moments stirring up in my own heart as I watched my kiddos do things. For instance, my 18-year-old asked me if I could run by the store and grab a few items so he could cook breakfast for his buddies. And I'm thinking, 
yeah, I'll help you when y'all come in from hunting. Just let me know about what time you think you're going to come and I'll, I'll get it started. And he said, oh no, we're going to get up around four or four 30 and we're going to eat breakfast before we go hunting. And so I just thought here the day before I was all sad because I don't have people gathering around my island for me to cook for them, but I've modeled that for my kiddos. And now here they are doing those things. And I thought I can either be sad or I can just see how I just want to ponder this in my heart that all those years I've spent investing in my kiddos, they are now investing in their friends. And I know they're going to be intentional when they go ahead and build their own families. And it was just this magical moment where I had to learn to hold the balance of being sad because empty nest is coming my way while also holding the emotion of being completely full of joy because I'm watching my kids become who they're going to be or who who they already are. I was telling a friend recently, you know, when they were younger and they would do things, it was almost that this habit of doing things because they knew it pleased their parents. And on the podcast the other day, even Kate said, kids want to please their parents. And now I can see that transition of, okay, so maybe before my kids might have cooked in the kitchen and they wanted my good pleasure over that. And they got it. But now they cook in the kitchen because that's who they are, not because they're trying to earn my respect or approval or anything. It's just become who they are. And to me, that's magical. And when we're talking about Christmas, oh, just the other day, I was putting up my Christmas tree and I really anticipated doing it all myself, but kids were doing other things. But then there came three of them and they they helped me decorate the tree. And it wasn't an expectation I had. It was just this blessing that happened. And I was able to just ponder that magical moment in my heart and help me be thankful. And so as Christmas comes, I have a lot of friends that are really struggling this year. Maybe they're walking through grief or they're depressed about certain circumstances. A lot of them maybe just have triggers from past holidays that it it hinders their ability to look forward to what's ahead with the family gatherings and the cost of gifts and just the decorating. It seems daunting, like why nobody cares, nobody appreciates it. And so we really had to have these conversations together as friends and realize like, We decorate not for our kids, but because it brings us joy. It brings us pleasure. We're not decorating for other people to see it, not in our home and not for the people outside of our home. That's not why we decorate. That's not why we cultivate. That's not why we bake. That's not why we put our hands to things and add beauty and life and value. Yes, it does those things for other people, but we We benefit more when we are doing them as an expression of who we are, as an expression of worship to our God, and as an expression that we can enjoy on our own for ourselves. And that seems a little selfish when I think about just the atmosphere I was surrounded in growing up. It was this message that it's really selfish to think about yourself. Like even me, I've I've taught my kids, you outdo one another in showing honor, and that's from the Bible, so it makes sense, right? And I've taught them, you die to yourself so that others can live. And I mean, Jesus Christ modeled that. He died to himself so that we could live. And so it's a good message, but it can often be skewed and taken in a way that we really forget that when when Jesus said, 
outdo one another's in showing honor to not forget that we are also that other. He died for us too. And so to do things that bring you joy, to do things that make you happy, to do things that nurture your soul is not a selfish thing. It's an invitation for us to worship God and to acknowledge his gifts and to sit in his goodness and just to ponder the stirred up emotions that point us back to Christ always because this overwhelming abundance of gratefulness, if we're believers in Christ, it always points back to our creator and the giver of all good things. And so I just love Christmas and I love that we have the magic inside of us. And when I say that, I haven't really touched on it because I've been rambling, but when I say that the magic of Christmas is inside of us, it's really a matter of the heart, an attitude of gratitude. Yes, we want to look at November as the month of gratitude, but gratitude should just be the mark of believers. And when I say the magic is inside of us, let's let me just try to give an example. Recently someone said to me, "Life used to be satisfying. Like even the smallest of things, taking the kids to the arcade, doing little bitty things used to be satisfying. There used to be joy in that, and now nothing in life satisfies." And I was thinking, "Well, one, we have all of the noise and all of the flashy stuff and all of the entertainment, all of the everything's escalated here where we are, and it doesn't offer much sustenance. It's, it feels empty sometimes. And so when we're bombarded with it, like I remember my grandmother saying when she was a little girl, it was a huge deal just to get a little walnut and an orange for Christmas. Like their hearts exploded with thankfulness over that. And now this day and age, even when I was a kid, I got an excessive amount of stuff. And I know everybody on here, they didn't have the same childhood I had. So you might not have had those kind of Christmases. But what I'm saying is we live in a culture where there's a prize for everything and everything's glammed up and we have an overabundance of sweets and like nothing's a sweet anymore. Going going and getting an ice cream cone is not a treat for a kid anymore. I've noticed it over the years. If I were to maybe bake something special that I would have thought was special as a kid, well, my kids have it so much. Like I was thinking about this with Snickers. My son eats a Snickers at least once a week, all through football season, because that is a snack during halftime. Well, to me, when I was a kid, a snick well, I did eat Snickers before I ran hurdles, but a Snickers was kind of a treat. Well, our kids are so used to so much stuff that nothing really seems special anymore. And that was the conversation this person was telling me is that nothing really seems satisfying. Nothing seems special anymore. And as I thought about all the outward things that we have access to, I thought of the inner peace that we have with the Holy Spirit living inside of us. I thought of the magic that comes from within by the way our hearts look at things. I thought of the blessings we can pick out when our minds are focused in a different way. I just thought about how I can look at anything. I've had this habit of being told that I always pick out the negative. And I do have the personality where I can see things that could be better. But when I look through my past journals or I sit outside and I'm pondering the quiet and still with the Lord, I am not a person who picks out the negative. I'm a person who always sees the beauty. I'm a person who can easily see when God's hand is involved in something, even if it feels really bad. I can see the beauty in things. And I think that 
when we are tuned into asking God to help us see and help us hear, like give us eyes to see and ears to hear, when we ask him for that, he does give that to us. So this Christmas, I don't know what it looks like for you. I don't know what triggers you have. I don't know if you're coming into this Christmas season depressed or with a grievous heart. I have no idea. But I do know that the magic of Christmas is not what other people do for us. It's not how much we have to spend on others or how much we get. It's not our circumstances. It's not our decorations. It's really inside of us. And how are we going to look at things? Like the dog hair in my bed. Y'all, I've never been a person that wanted dog hair in my bed, but I look at the dog hair in my bed and all I can do is laugh when I think about this little puppy at my home because he brings me so much joy. I mean, he, my son threw a ball the other day towards the Christmas tree and this puppy was sprinting towards this tennis ball and slammed into the Christmas tree, broke an ornament, stuff went everywhere. And my first reaction was just this inward laugh because he just is living life to the fullest. And it brings me joy. Is he annoying? Yes. My back porch, there. I, I don't even know where some of that stuff came from that's shredded and everywhere. But I look at it and I'm thinking, I have the choice. I can be irritated or I can just choose to love this moment and ponder it and let it be magical because I am learning something from everything. I'm learning something from the chaotic atmosphere in the gym at basketball. I'm I'm learning something from this chaotic puppy. I'm learning something from my past triggers. I'm learning something from my friends who are struggling. I'm learning something from my own struggles. And when we can go into the season with an attitude of wanting to see magic in the smallest of things, like a child making mud pies, or when I was a child making mud pies, I don't know if that (laughs) is exciting to any kid these days, but making mud pies, the simplest of things. I want to be like that this Christmas. I don't want to cry over spilled milk. I don't want to care that my ornament is broken. I don't care how attached I might've been to it in years past. I just want to take every moment that's given to me. And that's what I want you to leave here today. The magic of Christmas being inside of us. What if we took Every single thing that was handed to us into our lives this Christmas season, and we saw the beauty in it. No matter how ugly it looks when it's handed, no matter how hard it feels, no matter how painful it feels to us at the initial moment it comes into us, what if we just pause? Remember that the magic is inside of us and how we see things. And if we start seeing things as blessings or growth opportunities or challenging ways to push us forward, then I feel like we'll have a more magical Christmas than we've ever had before. And I know I didn't leave you with any good tips today, but I just wanted to pop on and say that the magic of this season is inside of you and we can keep an inner peace if we keep looking at everything and finding the joy in it. Oh, there's the oven. Muffins are ready. I hope today's episode invited you into a deeper connection and intimacy with God. I want to hear from you to hear what's on your heart this holiday season. What are you struggling with most? Go click the link in the show notes to join our Facebook community and you can chime in there about this specific episode. If you're encouraged here listening to The Honest Ugly, be sure and subscribe and share with a friend. If you feel stuck and you don't know how you're going to move forward this next year, book a coaching session with me. I would love to help you know how to respond to God's invitation to find healing and intimacy. 
Merry Christmas, friends. You are fully known and deeply loved. Nothing you do will make God love you more, and nothing you do will make Him love you less.